Hello, and welcome to another virtual author chat at the Poison Pen Bookstore. I'm John Charles, and today I'm delighted to have with us local author Annette Christie, whose new terrific new book is for twice in my life. Before we begin, I would like to let those tuning in know that the Poison Pen does have a few very highly prized signed copies of Annette's new book, and we would be happy to hold one for you or put it in the mail. Just give us a call at the Poison Pen or go online and we can connect you with this truly fabulous new book. And now I'd like to welcome Annette. Hi, thanks so much for having me, John. Thank you for joining us. My first question, usually for authors as a reader, is I'm fascinated by who an author was before they actually became published. So what can you tell us about Annette before she was a writer? Well, I wrote secretly for most of my life because I didn't think I was good enough. I was really shy about having people read my work. Um, but what I was openly pursuing was acting and theater because for some reason I felt totally comfortable getting on a stage in front of hundreds of people. <laughs> but like the idea of someone seeing a poem I wrote was terrifying. So um, I got my a degree in theater at university. And then I moved to Toronto and tried to pursue acting there and did a lot of background work in movies and TV. And then I did some theater and a little bit of playwriting um, in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. And then when I became pregnant with my first child, I was in the middle of doing a show and I'm hauling all this equipment and doing all this stuff. And I'm thinking, this lifestyle may not work when I have a small child. <laughs> so I turned back to writing and I thought, even if I'm not good enough now, I can become good enough. Like all it takes is a bit of tenacity and some studying and stuff. So that's when I started focusing on writing. And if I understand correctly, your first, um, I guess we'll say literary work, we won't say published, was actually audio. Is that that's correct? Yeah, that's right. It's um, a YA rom-com called Love Lessons. So it was purchased by Audible Originals and they knew I had a background in acting. And so when they said, do you want to narrate this? And I'm telling you, it was like a lifelong dream of mine to be an audiobook narrator. I remember as a kid getting, I mean, they were cassettes back then, getting books on tape and saying, oh, just like to be able to do this as a career, read books on tape. It was a lot harder than I anticipated, but it was a really fun and interesting experience. Was it different writing an audio, I guess, book or whatever you call it than just a regular book? Or is it the same? Or I'm not uh, that familiar with audio, so. Yeah, it was, there were some similarities. So I started out um, sending it out thinking it was going to be a traditionally published book. But when Audible Originals stepped in, they said, you know, this is really voicey and I think it would work really well as an audiobook. So there were some, there are some things that you go in and change. And I was able to treat it almost like a script and add some sound cues in there and take out some of um, the stage directions and stuff and kind of let the narrator who ended up being me do their thing. So it was, it, there were some, there were some changes for sure. It was interesting. And that kind of gave you kind of the spur to pursue another book, which became the rehearsals. How did that um, book get into publication? Well, I was thinking about, I so I had started out writing YA, but I knew what I loved to read was women's fiction and romance, and that's what I really wanted to write. And suddenly all of my ideas were in that vein. So I started thinking about, um, I really love 
bottle episodes of television where characters are trapped in an elevator or room and it makes all of those underlying issues bubble to the surface and they're forced to deal with them. So I knew I really wanted to write about a couple who had been together for a very long time and were trapped somehow forced to face their issues. And I couldn't quite figure out how to write 300 pages of a couple being trapped in an elevator. <laughs> and then I started thinking about Groundhog Day, which I had seen in the theater as a kid and really loved and been fascinated by. And I thought a time loop traps them together. So um, I started working on that. And when it was ready to go out to publishers was the week that the world was shutting down due to the pandemic. Oh, good heavens. Yeah, so I remember thinking, well, this is either a terrible idea because no one even wants to read anything, everybody's in a really difficult headspace, or this is a good thing because all of these editors are trapped at home, we could give them <laughs> some entertainment. And it ended up being a great thing. We got six offers wow. and it went to auction and it was like, one of the worst times of my life because also my kids school had shut down and they're suddenly home and I'm wondering how to be their teacher when I don't know how to teach so all of these terrible things are happening at the same time the greatest thing of my career is happening too it was a lot to take in that does sound like it and for those that are listening in getting six offers is a big deal it's um, a offers yeah. are would love one offer let alone six so that's tremendous congratulations what can you tell us about the rehearsals. It's about a couple about to get married who decide to break it off. Yeah, so um, Tom and Megan have been together for 12 years. And the night before their wedding, secrets are revealed. They get into this terrible fight and call the wedding off. And the next morning, they wake up trapped in a time loop together. So their journey through this time loop, which lasts about eight days, is about figuring out, is the way out of this, is the right path forward for us to stay together or say goodbye forever? And they learn a lot about themselves. And then we've got a lot of um, messy family dynamics. So there's some humor, there's some heart in it. And yeah, that's the rehearsals. Which brings us to your new book, which is just out this February for twice in my life. What can you tell those listening in about the book without spoiling it? Okay, so yeah, there are some plot twists in there. So um, for twice in my life follows Layla, who's just been dumped by Ian and she loves him and has no idea why he broke up with her. Then Ian gets into this tiny accident forgets he broke up with her and she gets this ethically murky second chance at love. Um, and then Ian's brother, Matt, shows up. He's a suspicious guy and things start getting really complicated when Layla and Matt need to work together. Um, Layla works in a theater as her day job. Um, was Did you want to kind of bring your own background into her as a character? Did you enjoy, are there little bits and pieces that you kind of gave her of yourself? I guess. Yeah, I, you know, I think any author will tell you book two is a really difficult journey. And I fought putting pieces of myself into Layla for a very long time. And it wasn't until I suddenly leaned into it that she clicked for me. So absolutely, I put quite a bit of myself in her, her love of vintage movies and music and fashion, although she takes it further than I do. Um, but yeah, her background in theater and this idea of 
having this love for creativity and really wanting to pursue that, but also feeling like I'm an adult, I have to be pragmatic. So I need to choose something that's more reliable. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Um, in the book, there's a lot about the process of creating plays and things like that. And I really didn't know much about it, to be honest, but I had no idea that so much is involved in bringing a work to production. Yeah, it's funny. My copy editor was really stressed out. She kept writing in the margins, why aren't they working on the show? <laughs> the show is going to be in two weeks. Shouldn't they be doing this? But I have the type of show they're doing is one that um, can be called a creative collective. And it's actually something I've done on a couple of different occasions. And it is like this high pressure um, sort of creation where you've got a group of people and you're like, okay, we're going to collaborate. We do have a writer, but we're going to kind of improv and collaborate and bring all these pieces together and see what we come up with. So yeah, it's, I love the collaborative environment of a theater. That's one of the things that I've missed the most about leaving that behind. But I've also been really thrilled to see how much collaboration there is in publishing as well. So that's been fun. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, both your first published book and your second book for Twice in My Life, if you had to say they were about a theme, I would almost think it's about second chances or getting an, another opportunity. Why does that appeal to you as a writer? What is it about that? It's so funny because you, you think I'm writing something totally new every single time. And then you start to look back because the book I'm working on right now also has this theme of second um, chances. And I think it's because, you know, there is this idea that we need to be perfect and we need to get things right on the first try. And I think we see it a lot in social media too, where we're trying to curate this idea that we are living our best lives every single day. And I think what, so when we mess up, we feel unlovable, we can feel irredeemable. And so I really love pushing my characters to messy, terrible places and then saying, hey, guess what? You still deserve love. You still deserve happiness and pulling them back because it's something that I experience and want in my life. It's probably an insecurity of mine where I think, are other people going to give me a second chance when I mess up? That's interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit more about your writing process. You mentioned you had um, kind of done a few plays back in your college days and you have a theater background as a writer does that influence you do you see your characters as actors and actresses what is your writing process I guess is the overall question yeah as far as um the influence of theater goes because I pursued acting for so long that's where the dialogue comes from if I can't as an actor figure out how to a way to say it naturally or I can't figure out what the motivation would be behind it like I do treat it as I would a script once I've written it. Like, is this dialogue working? Is this flowing? Does this make sense? Is the arc happening? But each book for me is very different. Um, I try to start out with an idea and then write kind of a sample chapter to try to find that voice. And then I do a lot of outlining. But for Twice in My Life was a little different because I had the characters first. I had Layla, Ian, and Matt. And I actually tried them out in a couple of different stories before this clicked. I had, at one point, I had um, Layla and Ian 
engaged and then Ian breaks off the wedding before it happens and decides he wants her back and then a friend of mine said what if we throw out the wedding what if they're dating he breaks up with her and then forgets he broke up with her and then all of a sudden that clicked so that came together but the main thing I do on every project is a lot of outlining for character sketches and um, settings and plot I try to get all my plot points in place before I start writing so that by the time I do sit down to write I am just itching to do it and the words flow because I find any time I have writer's block it's because I don't know the characters well enough so okay. if I do enough of that preliminary work first then I avoid the blocks in the future has a character ever surprised you you think you know where they're going and they say oh. so Absolutely. Yeah, I write, I do chapter by chapter outlines and all of a sudden the characters start going off the rails <laughs> and I have to say, is this working? And then sometimes I do go with it. Yeah. And that is really fun. Hmm. Um, the books that you've written so far fall into the romance genre, women's fiction genre. You've mentioned you read that. What is it about romance or women's fiction that makes you think I want to write this rather than suspense? Or something else. I feel like romance has saved me and kept me company during so many dark times in my life. That's what I turn to for comfort. And you know, with romance, there is the rule that you got to give them a happily ever after or a happily for now. And so you know that no matter how much angst, how much pain you're being taken through, you are going to be cared for in the end. And you're going to be able to see these characters find joy. And to me, like there is there's two sides to the same coin. I also actually read, have started getting into horror as well, because I do find that horror and romance are both exploring the human condition. They're both exploring issues just in different styles. And so, yeah, I just feel very comforted by romance and women's fiction. And I love seeing myself in the characters and just falling in love with them. What were the book or books that got you hooked as a reader on the romance genre? Uh, so the first time I ever read a romance novel, I didn't know it was romance when I picked it up. When I picked it up, I was um, doing a really long commute for a job. And so I would just go into the library and pick an audiobook at random to keep me company on the drive. And so the very first romance novel I ever read, I picked up this book called Natural Born Charmer by Susan Elizabeth Phillips, oh, yes. who's written a ton of books. Um, and I put it in and I was so hooked I wanted my drive to last longer and then I listened to it again and then I started getting a bunch of her other books and that was what really drew me in because she was so funny and the banter was just effortless and it was just really really fun it was joy um you talked a little bit about your writing process how do you you have an editor and mm -hmm. other people involved um is there a lot of give and take between you and your editor when your final manuscript is turned in? Is it pretty much just go from there? What is the process involved once you turn it into the editor? My editor is very hands-on and she is so smart. She really, really pushes me. And so she's very much been a partner for me on both of these books. I feel really, really lucky because 
as I mentioned with For Twice in My Life, it took me a few tries to figure out where Layla, Ian, and Matt belonged. And she was the one, I was trying to put Layla in a different job. I had her as working in theater. And then I'm like, people don't want to read about theater majors. We're not likable people. <laughs> and so I was putting her into marketing, a job that I had also had some experience with. And my editor stopped me and she's like, why can't she be creative? Like, it feels like that's what she wants. And so, yeah. And actually I won't mention what the plot twist was, but she was also the one who said, what if this happens? And I mean, so she's a wonderful partner to work with on these books. In addition to writing your own books, if I understand correctly, you also work with other writers through something called Pitch Wars. Yes, um, Pitch Wars has sadly ended um, just this past year or two, but I started out as a Pitch Wars mentee. It's a, it's a writer's mentorship program where published authors take on a new writer and help them work a manuscript and then help them get an agent and hopefully published. And so um, after I was selected as a mentee and then got an agent, I volunteered as a mentor for several years. And the last year I did it was one of the most satisfying. I I mean, I've seen several books I've worked on come to publication. There is this beautiful YA sapphic rom-com called um, I Think I Love You by Orion Desam. So that one um, is now pub published. And then um, this wonderful YA thriller writer, Andrea Contos, has had three books published. But the last one I worked on is called Jackal by Aaron Adams. And it is just this remarkable thriller with speculative horror elements that deals with um, social issues and race. And it is really one of the best books I have ever read in my life. So being able to help Erin on her journey to find an agent and get published was truly an honor. That's amazing. That book has gotten quite a lot of buzz too. Um, oh, I highly yeah. recommend it. Like I said, one of the best books I've ever read, ever. Now that you've published several books, you've been working at this for a while, what has surprised you the most as a writer about the whole business of publishing? I think that it doesn't get easier. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of assumed <laughs> that once I hit the milestone of getting an agent, I would feel okay. Or once I hit the milestone of selling a book, I would feel okay. But nothing is guaranteed in publishing. And writing almost gets more difficult the more experience you have. Because when you're starting out, you're just kind of going with it. But as you go along, all of a sudden, you've got editors' voices and your agents' voices and all of this knowledge that's noise in your head as you're trying to write it I mean I write faster now than I did but it is not an easier process at all now is there an expectation that you need to turn in a certain number of books within a time frame I mean I know most writers have that but is that something that you're working at too I actually like a deadline. Okay. I'm, I'm strange like that. It works a little bit with my anxiety where I'm like jumping <laughs> out of bed and I am going to beat this deadline. So um, I'm actually just working towards my next project right now. So I have had a little bit of a break and it's funny. I found the break is worse for me. Um, <laughs> writing feels better than not writing. Even when I'm feeling that pressure, it's yeah, it, it feels better. 
What's the best piece of advice about writing you've ever received? Um, it actually came from when I was acting, but it applies to writing as well. So um, I had this director tell me that if you're on stage and you ever forget a line or forget what comes next, don't panic, just sink into it and let yourself not know. And when I'm writing, if all of a sudden, if I get stuck, instead of fighting it and trying to figure out what's going to happen, I stop. I let myself not know and I'll go wash my hair, I'll vacuum, I'll listen to music and then the answers come out. So it's just don't fight it, just let yourself not know. Um, you've mentioned a couple books you've worked on that are fabulous, but as a reader, what would you like to share with other readers? What are you adding to your list for this year? Talk about your relationship with books. Oh, happily. So one of my favorite books that I read last year was Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. And that book just ripped my heart out and then put it back together. I was, I have this little group chat with some author friends and every single day I was screenshotting lines from the book and putting it in there and saying, you have to read this book. You have to. So um, I had heard that Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan was a good comp for that book. And so I was really excited to start reading that. So I'm about, um, I'm almost halfway through that book and it is really beautifully written. It is a second chance romance with a married couple and it's remarkable. And actually as a little side note, I just found out that I'm going to be on a panel with Kennedy Ryan at the oh. Tucson Book Festival coming up in March. So that's, that's pretty wonderful. exciting. Yeah. 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 So that is a book I'm really enjoying right now. Um, I'm also one of the books that was on my to be read pile from last year that I didn't get to was tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. So I'm excited to read that one. Um, I've heard I have to emotionally prepare for that. Um, I do belong to uh, a book club here with my mom and some really wonderful retired women. And so um, we just finished reading Lessons in Chemistry and all of us loved it. And it was funny because they were turning to me, you know, I read quite different books than they do, which is kind of fun because there's a give and take. And so after they read that, they turned to me and they said, so I heard if I liked this book, I should read Colleen Hoover. Is that right? And I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> she is for a different audience. And so I said, I said, but you know, have you ever read any Meg Wolitzer? Because I think that would maybe be in a similar vein. So they're all excited checking that out. Um, I, you know, I mentioned horror earlier, uh, there's a book tender as the flesh that came out. Um, I looked at that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I have to find out if I'm brave enough to read it, but I've heard it's fantastic. There is a bit of cannibalism in there. So I do like, I, as much as I love romance and women's fiction, I find, especially when I'm drafting a new book, I have to read outside that genre. Otherwise I get too in my head about it. So I'll often turn to like nonfiction or um, horror thrillers and stuff. And um, I have a lot of Tana French I need to catch up on. She's one of my favorite authors. So I'll be checking her out as well. Do you think um, you gravitate towards these other genres because many of them are emotion driven? like romance. Oh, absolutely. Yes. My dad and I joke, my dad um, is an avid reader. Both my parents have, are big readers, but my dad is funny because he and I read very different things. And like, he is all plot 
driven and he likes a lot of like world war ii books and thrillers and stuff and he's and he teases me because he's like you just want to know about the emotional journey and i'm like yes that's the most important interesting part to me let's go back um to your life as a writer because you have published books and i think what sometimes those of us who aren't in the business don't understand it's not enough just to turn in the book now you have to get the word out about it since you have a background if I understand correctly, a little bit in marketing. Mm -hmm. um, how does that work for you? Um, I know there are a lot of authors who are more introverted and shy and do feel quite uh, reticent about getting on social media. Um, I think, <laughs> thankfully, I left my dignity at the doors of the <laughs> theater department in college. <laughs> so... That's, I mean, I will happily get on TikTok. I will happily get on Twitter and Instagram and shout about my books. But it's so funny, like even with a background, I mean, my background in marketing was more of the performance side. Um, I would do help do promotions and stuff. But even still, it is so difficult to try to figure out the algorithms or figure out what's going to work with readers. And I find the best marketing I can do is to try to connect with the readers themselves, like going in and doing signings in a bookstore. I have such great conversations with readers. I had one who had just been through a divorce and in order to get her through that she was finally picking up books again she hadn't been a reader in 10 years and that was really special and I I met another reader who had just lost her mom the week before and she's like I just need some books to keep me company and get me through and you know I I feel like that's the best way is to connect with the readers one-on-one -on -one as much as you can whether it's through signings or you know you can do it to some extent on social media yeah, you um, mentioned social media. You do have quite a presence on TikTok, I think, and a few others. I'm working on it. <laughs> I mean, there's no point in doing it if it's not fun. So I'm trying to have a good time with it. Um, you've mentioned that Layla, Layla, um, Layla, yeah, Layla shares um, your love of several things, including classic films. Is there particular films that you go back to again and again? Um, yeah, I. So I grew up watching those films with my mom, which Layla also does in the book. And so I was introduced to An Affair to Remember and Singing in the Rain. And then I got really into the first CD I ever purchased when CDs became a thing. I think I was... 13 was a Frank Sinatra album and so yeah. then I started looking into the Rat Pack and into those movies and so Robin and the Seven Hoods and the original Ocean's Eleven and um yeah I just I those movies are the pacing is I think difficult for people who are accustomed to the pacing of film and TV now but there is such a romance to it and such a rhythm to it and I yeah I do still enjoy them to this day you can kind of see echoes of that in your books you have that framework there for oh, your characters you. um you've mentioned you're working on another project you don't have to say anything about it but if you'd like to now's your opportunity 
Well, I have two that I'm hoping will see the light of day. So one is um, an epistolary novel. So it's told oh. all through text. I love those. Yeah, I do too. And especially, you know, the actor in me found it so much easier to slip into the voice of the character when I was writing their letters and text messages and emails and grocery lists. And it is about a couple who um, it spans 30 years and they've gone from being elementary school nemeses to being middle school acquaintances and then allies and then best friends in high school to make out friends and then they sleep together one night and become strangers. So it's um, a little bit when Harry met Sally, a little bit people we meet on vacation, but that is a book that's really special to me. And so I'm really hoping that um, that will see the light of day soon. And then I have another one that I'm in the middle of right now that um, explores identity and who we are when a woman has to try to patch things up with her first love and her family looking like a stranger. So that's all I can say about that one for now, but hopefully that one too. We'll see. I'm I'm waiting for news on both of those, but I'm really excited about both of them. They sound terrific. Do you have a favorite epistolary novel that you got? Oh, I don't, I don't know that I do off the top of my head. I mean, I did, you know, when Bridget Jones Diary came out, I had so much fun. I, I actually do think the movie is better than the book, but um, yeah, so. yeah, the movie's pretty fun, but the book was just so fun. And I think that was probably the first epistolary novel that I read. And that one stands out. Now, how can readers learn more about you and your books? You mentioned social media. Do you have a website? I do. Yep. My, my website is AnnetteChristie.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Ms. Annette MC. Before we go, and I can't believe how quickly time has flown by. I know. That was so fast. <laughs> In addition to being um, a terrific author, you have another claim to fame in that you were not in just one, but two Lindsay Lohan movies. <laughs> yes, I was. So that was when I lived in Toronto and uh, was working as an extra. I mean, lots of actors and musicians and models. That was our side hustle. And so the first extra job I had was on um, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Uh -huh. So I was in the audience during her performance at the end, and I had to pretend to be enthralled. And it was funny <laughs> because at one point they seated me behind two lead characters. And I'm like, this is how I'm going to get on screen. So I positioned my head right between theirs. <laughs> and there is like a half a second shot of me looking enthralled by Lindsay Lohan. And then the other one was Mean Girls. So I am at the very end scene when the fighting is going on and they're turning on the sprinklers. And I, it's the back of my head. I'm pinning a girl to the principal's office. Uh -huh. So yeah. <laughs> And now my daughter loves that movie. Who knew? You never know what will happen. Um, it's true. Well, it's just been an amazing um, time having a chance to chat with author Annette Christie, whose new book is For Twice in My Life. Um, truly a wonderful read this spring, this summer, whenever you'd like. I'd like to thank Annette for taking time to be with us today. I'd like to thank those who are tuning in to another author chat at the Poison Pen Bookstore. We look forward to seeing you in the store or on online. Um, or online. Thank you again. Thanks so much, John. This was so much fun. Thank you. You were terrific.
Hello. We hope you're enjoying our programs and podcasts with authors. We'd like to expand them, and your help would be appreciated. Please make a donation at poisonedpenfoundation.org. 100% of the proceeds will go to help connect authors with readers in this difficult time. Thank you.